0: Thank you. morning, please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 549 and we'll sing the doxology together, number 549 in the red hymnal, we'll sing the doxology is found in the hymnal number 632. Happy is the man who walks not the way of the wicked, who treads not the highway of sin, nor sits in the seat of the cynic, because he delights in the Lord's instruction and studies that teaching both day and night. He becomes like a tree planted by rivers of water, bearing its fruit in due season with leaves that are always green. And all that he does, he succeeds. Not so the wicked, for he is like the wind-blown chaff. Therefore the wicked cannot stand in judgment, nor sinners in the righteous assembly. The Lord watches over the path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads nowhere. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 445, More About Jesus I Would Know. 445, more about Jesus, I would know. gracious God, we are so thankful that we can be in your house this morning at this medical center. And God, we do not take this freedom that we have for granted. We are so thankful for all the servicemen and women that have provided this freedom that we so much enjoy every Sunday. And God, because we acknowledge you we know that you also acknowledge each and every one of us. And God, I would ask that you would hear our individual prayers that we have, the needs and concerns that we find before us. Lord, we also pray for others, our family members and for our friends, for fellow patients that are throughout this medical center, for the family members that we'll be visiting today. But God, we also pray corporately, that as we come and worship you, we do so with one thought in mind, to say thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, in our lives. And thank you, God, for the way that you have been working in each and every one of our individual lives to draw you closer to you every day. And Lord, we just praise you. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Open my eyes that I may see. 431. Open my eyes that I may see. that always is our prayer, that we can have our eyes open to the things of God, to our ears open to the things that He provides to us through His instruction, but also the things that we say to each other, that them all reflect our relationship that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Our scripture reading this morning is 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that you may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a truth and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, you have reminded us already by the hymns that we have sung, the prayers that we have offered, the scriptures that we have read, that you always intend for us to be walking with you In all things, because you are always walking with us. Help us to understand that better. In Christ's name, amen. Now, I don't know about you, but when I watch the media or read different things that are involved with the media, I see a lot of conflict. Am I the only one who sees the conflict who feels the conflict, who sees the tension, who feels the tension. And each and every one of us has an emotional limit that we have each day. And I have to remind myself that when I get to that point where I just feel so overwhelmed with the tension that we see in the world around us, I have to step away from it. Because if I don't, I get caught up in all of the emotional experiences that are taking place within that tension. Some of those emotional experiences that I have are justified, but many times they are not justified. They are just playing upon my fears and my anxieties. The scriptures remind us this morning... That as we walk with God each day, that we are to be at peace. At peace with those that are around us. At peace with the world in which we live in. Because we are told to live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. An interesting thought. And if you think about it, as I have thought about it, when I want to get involved in things that I see are injustices that take place, when I want to get involved in things that I believe need to be changed, or maybe some things that need to stay the same, if I get too emotionally involved, I cannot see the things properly that I need to do. Does that make sense? So sometimes when we get emotionally charged up, it clouds the proper judgment that God wants us to have. And because our judgment gets clouded a little bit, gets a little foggy, we don't execute the right types of decision. And we respond usually in the same way that our emotions are being experienced by ourselves. And usually when we do that, we don't get our message across properly. We are not successful in the injustices that we are trying to change, the things that we see around us that truly matter, that we do those things because we want it to benefit others. And so we don't succeed... Many times in our mission completely because of those overwhelming emotions that we have. The Bible is not telling us not to get upset. The Bible is not telling us to get angry and frustrated about the things that we see in our lives that we know needs to be changed for the greater good of all. But the tone of our lives the way that we conduct ourselves should be in a peaceful and quiet way with godliness and with holiness. Now I know that I find that for myself a challenge. And I was thinking about how can I get to that place where I can still be involved in the world in which I live in and make the changes that I believe I can be involved in for the positive and for the good of all. But yet also be peaceful and be quiet, to be godly, to be holy. The Scriptures give us the answer this morning. We do so by praying... For others. We do so by praying for those that are in authority over us. We do so because God commands us to do so, but we do so because it leads to a life in which we can be at peace with ourselves, at peace with God, at peace with others. And our responses to the things that are taking place in our lives, to those injustices, are one that is strengthened by the fact that we have been praying for each other. It gives us a positive effect. It gives us effect where we truly can do the tasks that God has placed before us in all godliness and in all holiness because we have been lifting up others in prayer. And that means everybody. That means with the people that you do not agree with. That means the people that you don't get along with. That means the people that have hurt you. That means that you also pray for yourself even though you feel that you are undeserving of that relationship with God. Because a lot of times we don't go to God, and I know that I don't go to God because I feel that I am worthy, unworthy, to go before him and pray. And so once I set myself aside and I realize, God, I am unworthy, and I thank you for the grace that you have given me in my life and for the sins that you have forgiven once I take care of that and I realize that there is nothing that I could have done to make myself worthy there is nothing that I could have said to make myself worthy and in the same way God wants you to come to him in all earnestness and in prayer because there's nothing that we have done to to earn the relationship with God. It is Jesus Christ that has earned that relationship with us. That is that truth that represents each and every one of us. Because the mediator between us and God is His Son, Jesus Christ. But we don't understand that unless we spend time in prayer with God and the time and prayer that we have with God involves our requests it involves our needs it involves the intercessions that we want God to make it involves thanksgiving because when we pray about others when we pray about those that are in authority over us when we pray about the people that maybe we are struggling with, when we find ourselves in prayer, we see the relationships that we have that God has placed us in. And God has created those relationships for us. And I know I say, God, can you create a different relationship with me than that person? Can you perhaps move that person out of my life because they are truly a pain? But God says, no, you have that relationship because you need to learn something about yourself. And you need to learn something about the relationship that you are in and you need to learn something about that other person. I was in a discussion earlier this week with someone that was a pastor, a chaplain and we were talking about the needs that we see around us and the different ministries that we have. And I have joked with you in the past about the fact that I don't drink, smoke, or chew or go out with girls who do, right? We've talked about that and we've laughed about that. But as we talked about that, I was stressing with him that some of the things I do is because of the proximity that I have to certain issues that people have to face on a regular basis. And because I have to deal with People that are in different types of situations, that are in, involved in different types of lives. I cannot insulate myself from the needs that I see before me. I have to provide care, because I do care. And we were talking about the church in the big sense, and that how some individuals, if they had to deal with ministry upfront and personal that they would change perhaps some of their attitudes and actions that they have towards certain people does that make sense? and he had never thought about that before in that context because if you see somebody in need on a regular basis you don't care where they come from you don't care what their background is now, we have something unique and we have something in common and that we all are veterans. We all have served in the various services, so we have a commonality and we can share and we can joke about each other in our different services and we can pick on each other. And most of the times, it's all good, clean fun. But when we get past all of that and we see the, the needs that we all have, I don't have anything that insulates me from your needs so when I am confronted with the care that is needed for others I don't have a church saying you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this I am not insulated from that does that make sense and because I see the needs sometimes some of the things that we stick to we shouldn't stick to if you see the needs in front of you. And so it was a great discussion. And then we went on and talked about how we use prayer in our lives. And I think that's important. Because there is a challenge for us to get out of our comfort zone. And we all like to be in a comfort zone. We all like to have that familiarity that we have in our relationships. Because a lot of times when we take a risk and come out of our comfort zone, it makes us feel a little uneasy. We're not sure about the circumstances that we're in. We're not sure about the people that are around us. We're not sure how to really act in this situation. We're not sure exactly what we're supposed to say. But there is that challenge for us. To take that step. And that first step is through prayer. Because when I pray for each of you, and I don't know all of you by name, but I recognize the faces, and when I think of you, and when we pray corporately together on Sunday, I don't know where you come from, what you believe in, and it doesn't matter because you're here to worship however you want to worship whether it's specifically agreeing with everything I say or not agreeing with everything I say that's okay whether you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ which is of course always my hope or whether you're just trying to find that higher power within yourself or in a different type of context so you can better yourself in the situation that you are in the things that you are learning That's good. And I'm okay with that. you hear what I'm saying? I want it to benefit you. I want it to benefit you. I want it to challenge you. I want it for you to take it and go with it wherever you want to go with it. Because I do not change people's minds. God does that. I am not responsible for what you decide or what you don't decide to do. That's between you and God. And that's the way that it should be. And when we find ourselves in prayer, we find ourselves with the caring that God wants us to have. And it's the caring that's not about the wish list that we have, It's the caring that takes place when we care about others and their well-being. We care about those that are in need. We care about those that are struggling with certain issues that perhaps we have been able to overcome and we understand where they're coming from. In my career here at the VA, I have worked with two chaplains that have been working their recovery programs two chaplains here through the years i've worked with that have been working through their recovery program and they gave me insightful understanding of what it was like to deal with those issues to deal with the recovery now both of them i believe are now with the lord And as both of them were willing to share with me their struggles, their anxieties, their fears, the things that other people that quote-unquote were God's representatives said to them, those hurtful things, those things that don't pick you up or edify you. On the contrary, they kick you down and then they kick you while you're on the ground. But one of the things that they've always stressed to me was they find their serenity in the prayers that they have with God. In fact, each and every one of them began their day in prayer because that's where they found their serenity. That's where they found the help that could sustain them through that one day at a time. And it is in that prayer that we understand who we are before God. It is only in prayer can we see that we need to have a deeper and a greater understanding of the truth of God in our lives. And as we know that we see and understand that truth, we can see the things that we need to work more on in our lives. And it's not a punishment. It's to make us better. It's to make us better. It's to make you a better person. A better person for yourself. A better person in your relationship with others. A better person in your relationship with God. Because when we pray... We acknowledge that we have a responsibility to ourselves, to God, and to those that are around us. We lift up those needs, and we see that we are not alone. We see that we are not alone. Isolation from God, isolation from others is the worst thing that you could ever do. Now, I'm not talking about perhaps you have a personality trait like I have. I'm an introvert, and I'm okay being in a cave by myself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those things that you do because you don't want others around you. And that's not good. That's not healthy for you. It's not healthy when I think about the times that I've wanted to isolate myself from others. When I wanted to isolate myself from God. And a key indicator for that is when we have stopped the communication with God through prayer. Because when we stop praying to God, we find ourselves... Not in communication with others. Not in the communication that God wants us to be in with each other. Think about the times when you have had things right with God. You probably were experiencing a time of prayer. And it is a time of prayer as you define your relationship with God. The way that you pray and the way that I pray might be different, and it probably is, because God communicates with us differently in our prayers and how we pray. But we know when there is communication that is taking place between you and God. And I can tell you that when I've had the proper communication lines open, guess what? I was communicating with others in my life very effectively they understood me and I understood them and because I was doing those things I had less problems doesn't mean I didn't have any problems but I had less problems because I was effectively communicating with God and because of that I was effectively communicating with others in my life whether it was at work whether it was at home whether it was at school, because of that communication, I had those less stressful situations. Something for us to consider as that benefit when we pray to God. Because when we have that attitude of prayer, we are willing to share with others our own struggles, the things that we have to deal with. The other day I was talking with someone and they were sharing with me some of the difficulties that they were having in their personal relationship and I was able to share with them things of a personal nature in terms of what I had observed dealing with similar, not the same, similar types of struggles. And I was only able to do that because I know that my communication with God was open. When we are communicating with God effectively, we find ourselves in situations where we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We allow ourselves for people to see things about ourselves. Because in doing so, it helps others. Because we know that we can communicate effectively, and that people understand. Now, the people that put up walls to all of that—the people are like, "Oh, I would never share something personal like that." You know, you should never do that as a chaplain. You should never say that from the pulpit as a pastor, because you know they're going to be scrutinizing you and they're going to be looking at you like, blah, 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 blah. right? Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know, that's the risk that we take. And we take a risk in the same way when we pray to God. We take a risk because when we're praying to God, we see the need not only of ourselves, but the needs of others. And we take a risk because as we see those needs, perhaps God leads us in a certain way to maybe to meet some of those needs, to take care of some of those needs, to share in some of those needs. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves outside of the walls that we have put up. Institutional walls, perhaps. Walls that we have set up, perhaps from our family and the traditions that we've had. Where you're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z, and the list goes on and on and on. And we finally get off that list and we'll be able to see the world around us and the care that we need to give. That only happens when we're engaging God in prayer. It doesn't happen through some kind of workshop where people tell you how to be more motivated and more successful and how to say the right words to encourage people. It only happens when we're praying before God. Because if my communication with God is the way it should be, if your communication with God is the way it should be, then guess what? I'm using my words but it is the spirit of God that is taking those words and translating them to you it is the spirit of God that is taking the heart and the feeling for what I am trying to say the compassion and the love it's not my words more times it's more my attitude it's more how we interact with each other It's more in terms of my vulnerability and am I willing to share about my life and all of the things, not that I have been successful at, but the things that I have been unsuccessful at. My weaknesses, my vulnerabilities. I can only do that when I know that I'm communicating with God properly. And it's not about self-righteousness. It's not about me being better than anybody else. On the contrary, when you're praying before God, you find out how truly unimportant you really are. And the person that matters the most is God and you. And because you see that individual value between you and God, you see the individual value that each and every one of us has together and the same value before God. And we get led there by praying for each other. We get led there by listening to God as we speak to God about our needs, the needs of our friends, family members, the needs that we see around this nation and around this world. And God hears our prayers. God hears the things and the requests in our lives. And yes, we don't get the answers that we want a lot of times. But does that really, truly matter? Is the experience more important than the outcome? I would argue with you that the experience means more than the outcome because whether the outcome turns out the way that you want it to or not is immaterial it is your walk and your experience with God that takes precedent because that is what will always be with you that is what will always be by your side so as we Think about the fact that God wants us to pray for each other. It gives us the opportunity to see more in our lives than we have ever seen before. It gives us that opportunity to hear more than we've ever heard before. It gives us that opportunity to say more with our words to others and express the feeling of the love and compassion that God has for each and every one of us. And we do so by praying for each other. Because we are revealing to God in our relationship with Him the fact that we do care about others. And when we come to that realization that we do care about others, the other things that we see and that we experience has a meaning and has a purpose that makes sense. Because in prayer, it is never about us. It's about us and others. And in doing so, we see that how our relationship with God becomes more mature becomes stronger and we see more and more how God is working in our lives to benefit His kingdom and His relationship because God wants us to pray everywhere and He wants us to lift up our holy hands without anger, without dispute. Because when we do that, we are making ourselves vulnerable before God and before each other. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, reminding ourselves that each and every one of us is unworthy of what Christ did for us on the cross. But when we take communion together, it is a public reminder that we have accepted what Christ has done for us on the cross. We have accepted God's grace. We have accepted God's forgiveness of our sins. And we've accepted the gift that he has given each and every one of us, which is eternal life. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us today to come before you to lift up our hands to make ourselves vulnerable to you in prayer. And in doing so, we make ourselves vulnerable to each other. Lord, forgive us when we have not done those things in prayer that pleases you. Forgive us for wanting to isolate ourselves from you and from others. And we are so thankful that you still do love us regardless just for who we are in Christ's name, Amen See from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake together in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 412. Have you been to Jesus? 412. Have you been to Jesus? reminded us that when we come before you in prayer we do experience your cleansing power and we no longer feel unclean after we spend that time with you help us God to do that each day as we offer our prayers before you and now may the peace of God that passes all understanding Be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.